Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that you haven't left us wondering what you're like and what you did to rescue us. Lord, we're so grateful that you came into the world, that you died in our place. And God, every day, we're desperately in need of you. We need to hear from you. And that's why we've gathered tonight, Lord. That's why we open up your word. That's why we come together, because we long to hear from you. And so, God, I pray tonight that these aren't my words, these aren't the ideas of men, but this is truly your message for these people at this time, Lord. I pray that this message resonates with people as it's resonated with me, and it challenges us to live and love more like Jesus this week. And I pray this all like I believe Jesus would. Amen. So God didn't just strategically choose our strengths. He also strategically chose our weaknesses. And we usually don't like to think about our weaknesses. We usually don't like to talk about our weaknesses. We like to leverage our strengths, and we like to downplay our weaknesses. I think of the, uh, the episode of The Office. Remember that show on NBC and Michael Scott was the quirky manager and he was in for an interview for a higher position one time and they asked him, you know, what are your weaknesses? And he says, one of my weaknesses is I work too much, I care too much, you know, I, I go the extra mile too often and he turned his weaknesses into a, a strength, right? And that's usually how we talk about our weaknesses. We're like, I just give too much, I care too much. We don't like to many times stop and think about the fact that we have weaknesses. They're realities. They're not something that we need to hide from or downplay. They're something we need to be honest about. And it's not by accident that we have the weaknesses that we have. Strategically, those weaknesses have been chosen by God just like our strengths have. And you might think, well, Alex, if God has a purpose for me, he has a reason for me existing on this planet, why would he give me a weakness that stands in the way of accomplishing the very thing he's put me on the planet to do? Well, God is always more interested about who we are becoming than what we are doing. Now, God wants you to accomplish your purpose even more than you want to accomplish your purpose. But God is much more interested in who you become as you pursue that purpose than he is just in you accomplishing the purpose. You could accomplish the purpose that God put you here on earth and become a jerk that looks nothing like Jesus, lives nothing like Jesus, and doesn't love like Jesus in the process. God doesn't want that. And so God always cares more about who you're becoming than what you're doing. However, what you do affects who you become. And God has given you this purpose not just to accomplish good in the world and to glorify himself, but because this purpose and the pursuit of it will make you more like Jesus. That's his whole reason for giving it to you. Now, weakness in our lives reminds us, sometimes in a very frustrating way, sometimes in a very painful way, weakness reminds us that we need God and we need other people. If we just had all strengths all the time, we would be very self-reliant, and we would try to live without God. We would try to live without others, and that's the opposite of what God wants to see in our lives. In fact, the most dangerous thing in our world is attempting to live life like we don't need God and we don't need other people. And so God has strategically given us weaknesses. He's strategically given us areas where we're not as strong, not as gifted. We need help from other people and from him to humble us and remind us that we need other people. And in doing so, reminds us of who he is and who we are in comparison. And just like God has given us strengths in many different areas, as we talked about a few weeks ago, you know, there's physical strengths where some people just have talents and abilities. There's spiritual strengths where some people just love to pray or maybe just love to study the Bible. Uh, there's emotional strengths where some people are just 
always chill, they're always level, they never have emotional ups and downs, or maybe they just have a great capacity for empathy. And there's uh, mental strengths. Some people are just really smart or really good with numbers or really good with organization. In those same areas, God has given us weaknesses. And so some of us have physical weaknesses, right? There are some people who can play basketball really well. I play basketball very poorly. If you ever just want to, Justin see me play basketball, he played basketball with me, and uh, he, it's probably the most ridiculous thing you can ever imagine is me trying to play basketball. On Memorial Day, I was out throwing some Frisbee, uh, throwing the Frisbee with some people much younger than myself, and it quickly reminded me of how I do not have a physical strength in, the, uh, in athletics. But you could have other physical issues, like you could have where your body's just beginning to wear out, or you, uh, you know, you can't run, or there's all kinds of physical limitations or weaknesses that we can have. I'm a very flinchy person. If I'm holding something, I'm just going to randomly drop it for no reason. We'll just be having a conversation, and I'll go, Bleh! and I'll just throw it across the room. I do this with coffee just about once or twice a week. Um, so that's not a strength of mine. That's a physical weakness. Uh, and some people have spiritual weaknesses, right? Some people are just like, I hate to pray, or I hate to read, and so reading my Bible is difficult. Or maybe you have an emotional weakness where you constantly have worry and anxiety and stress. Or maybe you have an emotional weakness where you have a hard time relating to other people. And then there's mental weaknesses, right? Um, I'm much happier writing something than I am adding up numbers. I'm like, numbers? What are these strange things? You know, I don't have a strength in that area. I have a weakness. So in the same areas where we can find physical strengths, God has strategically given us um, weaknesses as well. And so you probably have one or more weaknesses in your life. Now, Paul, the Apostle Paul, had a weakness. And Paul was probably the greatest Christian who likely has ever lived. He wrote much of the New Testament. And uh, his teachings really ground and create the foundation for what we believe as a Christian church. But Paul had this dramatic weakness. He doesn't tell us exactly what it is, uh, but we're going to look at it in a second and see what he says about it and what he's learned from it. Now, lots of different scholars have debated what was Paul's weakness. What was this big thing that Paul talks about? And so the common thing that's often discussed is Paul probably struggled with some kind of eyesight problem. There's a couple of places where uh, this makes sense. In fact, Paul ends one of his letters and he says, I wrote this letter myself. And some of his other letters, he says that he spoke the letter and somebody else wrote it down for him. But he says, I wrote this letter myself. And he says, you can tell because I used really big letters. And so he likely had an eyesight problem. So that could have been the weakness he talked about. In another place, he writes to a church and he says, I know that you would have cut out your own eyes and given them to me if you could. So they seemed to think that he had some kind of eyesight problem, and so they were willing, if they could have, to even give it up their own eyesight for him. Now, I think this is interesting. Paul was the most prolific church planter, pastor, teacher that probably ever existed inside the church. He traveled all over Europe and Asia and the Middle East preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why would God do something like give him a weakness that actually stands in the way of what he wants to accomplish it? Well, as Paul talks about here, and we're going to look at it in a minute, it kept him humble so that he would rely on God and rely on other people. And I think it's also interesting, if his weakness was some type of blindness or poor eyesight, when Paul first encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus, he was actually persecuting Christians. He was imprisoning them. He was beating them. He was taking them away from their family and in some places even killing them. And he has this encounter with Jesus, and as a result, he's blinded. 
And so I think by giving him a weakness like blindness or some kind of poor eyesight, it was a way to constantly remind him, you on your own lead to very destructive things where you hurt other people and you hurt me. But this is a way to remember that you need me and you need other people. So in 2 Corinthians 12, verses 8 through 10, it says this. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it would lead me, this weakness that he had. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may reside in me. So I take pleasure in weakness, in insult, in hardship, in persecution, in difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then... I am strong. So as we talk about the fact that, you know, we're looking for a purpose, why we're here, why God put us here, and we talked about some of these different ways that we find that, what you're going to find is as you start working through why God put you here and what your purpose is, you're going to pretty quickly find a weakness. You're going to find something that feels like, hey, maybe I got this whole thing wrong because this weakness stands in the way of my purpose. I certainly found that as God began leading me and guiding me. I shared some last week about some of the people who impacted me along the way. And I had this uh, deep burden in my heart for this need in the world. And I saw some strengths that I had about studying scripture and putting ideas together. But there was this major weakness when it came to pastoring or preaching. And that was I was terrified of people. I was terrified of being up in front of people, and I was terrified of talking to people I didn't know. And even people I did know, I was kind of terrified about talking to them too. And so it was a really good church service for me if I sat in the back row and nobody talked to me, nobody hugged me, I didn't encounter anyone, and I left happy. You know, I was like, I heard a good message, I sang some good songs, no one saw me, I got out okay, I didn't have to talk to anyone. And so I had this major, super introversion that was a huge weakness that I saw in between what I felt like God was telling me to do and what I felt like I could do on my own. And so this weakness uh, for a while made me think, maybe I just, I got the wrong signals. Maybe I was just wrong, you know? Maybe this wasn't right. Maybe I was missing it. But instead, what it drove me to do is to seek help from other people and to desperately depend on God. When I get up front now and I preach a message and I don't throw up, uh, that means that God's power has rested on me and enabled me to do something. I remember the first couple of times I got up to speak at a church. It was a church about 300 people. And I sat on the front row, and they just kept singing more and more songs. And I'm like, just get me up there so I can get this thing done. And I remember thinking... I am going to wet my pants. I am so nervous right here. I, I had already gone to the bathroom like four times before, you know, and I'm sitting up there and I haven't drank all day any water, but I'm like so nervous. I'm like, I'm going to stand up and just wet my pants and it's going to be humiliating. I'm going to be so embarrassed. And uh, every time I stand up and God is glorified and somebody says, hey, that made sense. That wasn't chaotic. That wasn't crazy. That wasn't the ramblings of a madman. I go, hey, God was at work. Because that's not me. I have this huge weakness that stood in the way of my purpose. But that weakness drove me to seek the help and the supernatural strength of God. In fact, I believe that we're at our very best when we recognize our need for God and our need for other people. See, we think we're at our best when we have all the resources, we have all the materials, we have everything we need to be independent and self-reliant. That's when in our flesh, in our human nature, we feel like we're at our best, but we're not at our best. 
We're at our best when we're driven to a realization that we can't do it without God. When we're driven to a realization that we desperately need the people around us and we need him or we're not going to make it. That's when we're spiritually, emotionally, physically at our best. And that's what exactly what Paul says when he says, I take pleasure in my weaknesses, insults, and hardship. Not because they're fun, not because he looks forward to them, but because in them he finds that he is at his best when God reminds him how much he needs God and others. Now remember what we said as we've talked about finding our life purpose, right? It's a little, this is the last one of the series, so we have to wrap it up a little bit. How do we find our life purpose? Number one, what is the world's greatest need? And how does that need resonate in my heart? Remember, we talked about all the needs in the world and, you know, there's things from hunger to sex trafficking and everything in between. People who need to know about God, people who are confused about the Bible. There's tons of needs in the world. How does that resonate with my soul? What thing keeps me up at night? What thing breaks my heart that this exists? And then we talked about our strengths, how God uniquely gifts us in some areas that leads us along. And then we encounter people who are either talking about our purpose or living out our purpose or they're pushing us towards our purpose. And I shared about some of those people last week in my life who gave me opportunities or encouragement or pushed me towards what God wanted me to do. And so as you start wrestling through those three, you're going to start getting some clarity about what God wants you to do and why you're here. And then you're going to come face to face with a weakness. Something that seems like a gap that's impossible for you to bridge on your own. And it is. That's by design. God strategically places a weakness in the path towards our purpose so that we turn towards him and we turn towards other people. Because our tendency is, notice what Paul says in verse 9. He says, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses. See, our tendency is we begin to think of our purpose as something that we can boast about. This is what I'm accomplishing. This is what I'm doing. This is the change that I'm making. But the weakness has been strategically put into the design for our life to remind us that it's not about us. Remember, the center of your purpose isn't you. The center of your purpose is God's glory and other people's good. And your weakness will be a daily reminder that you can't do this thing without God. In fact, I believe that nothing meaningful happens without God and others. In our American dream, in our pull-yourself-up-by-your-bootstraps culture and society, we think, if I can't do it on my own, I don't want to do it. Um, I was never very good at group projects growing up. And so, because normally they put me in a group and they're like, hey, Alex, you're pretty good academically. We'll put you with the worst kids in class and uh, maybe you'll rub off on them. That's a horrible strategy, first of all. So I'd be with these kids who would do none of the work. So I'd do three people's worth of work for the project. So we'd all get an A and I'm like, this is just wrong, you know? And it makes you fiercely independent and you're like, well, I'll just do stuff on my own so that it's done right and done the way that I want. But if we really want to see meaningful change happen in our country, in our family, in our workplaces, in our communities, it'll happen as we work with other people and we work with God. God's already at work in our world, in our family, in our spouses, in our friends. We get to join in where he's working. And our weakness is a reminder that we need God. Every one of us need God. I think our tendency is to start to think 
at a certain point in our spiritual journey, well, I've kind of got it now. I don't need him as desperately as maybe I did when I was younger or maybe when I was starting out in Christianity. And I think sometimes we begin to step away from our Bible, we begin to step away from prayer, and we begin to be self-reliant. And this is why we can be thankful in our weakness because it drives us back to God and reminds us, I still need God. I still need him in my life. I still need him to help me accomplish my purpose. I can't do these things without him. Now, our tendency is to hide our weaknesses, right? Because we're ashamed, ashamed of them or we think we'll get into trouble or maybe people will look down on us because of our weaknesses. But when we do that, what we're doing is missing out on having other people help us. Like if I say, hey, I'm really good at something I'm not good at. I'm going to keep doing it poorly. But if I go up to somebody and I say, hey, I'm really bad at this, but you're really good. All of a sudden I have their help and the whole thing able to get better. So sometimes in our pride, in our desire to protect this idea that we have all strengths and no weaknesses, we actually miss out on becoming better. We miss out on having God help us and having others help us because we don't go to them with help because we're not honest about the fact that we have weaknesses. And this takes a little bit of soul-searching. None of us like to think about the fact that we have weaknesses or even work through what our weaknesses are. I was reading this interesting article in Business Insider, and they said when most people are asked the question in an interview, what is your weakness, they usually say a strength that they somehow twist, just like Michael Scott does, you know? He's like, what's your weakness? I tend to work too late because I love the company too much. You know, that's not a weakness. That's a strength that you've just twisted. But they said what usually comes across to employers is that the people are out of touch with reality because everyone has weaknesses. And I think a lot of times in the spiritual world, we don't want to admit or think about our weaknesses. But if you know you have weaknesses, you can reach out to other people who have strengths in those areas. And you can daily go to God and say, I can't do this without you. And then he supernaturally rushes in to empower you to do what you couldn't do without him. I think sometimes when we talk about purpose, our tendency is to think that our purpose is about having a platform. Like we think, okay, my purpose is to um, bring clean drinking water to people in another part of the world. And so we're like, I can't wait to put this up on Instagram and social media posts and become famous for bringing clean water to this part of the world. Or sometimes I'll talk to people as they, uh, they think about starting a church somewhere, uh, maybe through the Send Network or another network. And many times it's a secretly a veiled attempt to have a platform and to have a presence and to become famous for something. Your purpose isn't about you having a platform, and your weakness will be a reminder of that as you pursue your purpose. So your weakness will keep bringing it back and reminding you this isn't about you. Because if it was, you could do it on your own. This is about God's glory and other people. And I think this reminder, just like Paul's blindness reminded him of the moment that he met Jesus, the reminder that we need God every day. We need him just as much as when we didn't know him as we do today. That reminder is healthy for us spiritually. Because remember, if we could make it on our own, if we could have been good enough, Jesus Christ wouldn't have had to come and die. But we couldn't be good enough. Even our best attempts at being good are usually out of some kind of selfish motivation or for someone's applause. And even if we did everything good from now on out, we all still have all this baggage of where we've chosen our own way rather than God's way in the past. 
And that's the very reason that Jesus Christ came into the world and died in our place, because we couldn't make it on our own. We needed him, and we still need him today as we pursue our purpose. So as we come to the end, here's the questions that I think we need to think about. Where am I weak? It may be a physical weakness or an emotional weakness or a spiritual weakness, a mental weakness. But where are my weak points? We're usually pretty good at thinking about where our strengths are, and we try not to think about our weaknesses. But if you don't know where your weaknesses are, you won't know who to ask for help. You won't know what to pray and ask God to empower you uh, to have his supernatural strength through. And number two, how can you rely on God and others in this area? Can you find other people who are strong in the areas when you are weak and go up to them and say, will you help me if this is an area where I'm not good? That is a very humbling moment, but it's a very freeing moment because suddenly you have access to someone else's strength where you have weakness. And it's a great way to start your day by saying, God, I know I'm weak in this area. Will you supernaturally empower me today? Some of the best ways that I see God working in my life is when I wake up in the morning and I say, God, I know I'm weak in these areas. Will you supernaturally empower me to do these things today, to be these things that I'm not? And when I see those things, I know that God heard me and answered me because I know on my own that I'm weak in those places. And number three, how can you help someone else in an area where they are weak? Part of our purpose, right, as we talked about people last time, is helping other people find their purpose. And that means helping others without shame, without guilt, recognize the areas where they're weak and coming alongside them and strengthening them. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for the challenge that your weakness is not a result of, um, you know, just some mistake or there was a random wheel and you threw a dart and we ended up with a random set of weaknesses. But our, our weaknesses you strategically placed in the path towards our purpose to remind us that we need you and we need others. God, I pray that we are honest about where we're weak, and Lord, we won't use that as an excuse, but Lord, instead we use that as an opportunity to reach out to other people who are strong in that area, and to daily come to you and say, God, in this area I'm weak, in this, in this emotional area I'm weak, in this mental area I'm weak, in this spiritual area, in this physical area, I don't have the skills and the strength and the talents to do it without you. God, I pray that you will also make us aware of the people around us. And instead of looking at their weaknesses and saying, wow, they're really bad at that, we'll instead reach out and say, how can we make you stronger? How can I come alongside you and assist you? And I pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.